so we're talking about how incredible this rivalry is. So as we were talking about, we've been talking about the Michael Mann movie titled Ali with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. How big of a oversight it is to leave out to only observe the first Ali Frazier fight. But in a movie titled Ali, he leaves out the other two fights. It's, it's incredibly uh, a, a bonehead move on his part. Right. I mean, how can you leave those other two fights out, especially Thriller and Manila? Mm-hmm. I mean, that fight is fresh in my mind. I see all three of those uh, Ali Frazier fights. I went to the closed circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them in Richmond, California. One, I had to go all the way over to uh, Oakland in order to see him. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I was, you know, like I said, big boxing fan, and this was just, you know, the first one, it was Bill, the fight of the century. And it, uh, it produced. Uh, so that was a big, big mistake on their part. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like doing the Barry Bond story and not do the year that he, he broke all the home run records. Right, just talk about... So right up to it. Right, just talk about the Pittsburgh Pirate years. Yeah, yeah. Great times. Yeah. And then just end it at like the... Uh, like the last time they were in the playoffs. Yeah. So like, oh, and by the way, uh, he later on went, on went to hit more home runs. Than anybody. Yeah. Than, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. A bonehead move indeed. By the time we're done with this episode, I believe you'll agree. I'm Sam Logan, and you're listening to the podcast, The Story Is the podcast where we talk about the past, the present, and the personal. This episode is our conclusion of the three-part series, Ali's Greatest Fight. This episode, The Thriller in Manila. So, um, and curiously enough, as a fan of the time, um, who were you rooting for at the time between Ali and Frazier? Uh... I was rooting for uh, Joe Frazier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I later became a Ali fan mm-hmm. years later. Yeah, towards his retirement, I, I, I grew to respect him as a fighter. But at the beginning, you got to understand he was the biggest mouth in uh, not only boxing but show business. And you know, he just alienated me with all of his braggadocious "I'm the greatest." And you know, after a while, it just eats on you and you go oh come on somebody shut this guy up mm-hmm. and so I was rooting for Joe Frazier <laughs> yes yeah I you know I had a similar experience too even though observing it um in hindsight uh over my life at first I was put off by the arrogance but when I think you get a bigger picture of the entire Ali story he's he's too interesting to ignore oh yeah he's too compelling to not root for Despite the arrogance, yeah, because he's just so interesting and so talented. Well, he's he's not only a great boxer, but he's charismatic to the hilt. Right. Yes, he's braggadocious. He can back it up. Right. Uh, but sometimes the, uh, you know, the, the the dialogue just got too big. Right. You know, and his publicity got too big, and uh, it, it kind of overshadowed his his great 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 talent. Mm-hmm. But. You know, he is what he is. He's a fantastic fighter. Mm-hmm. The first punch Muhammad Ali ever landed on Joe Frazier wasn't in the ring. As his biographer Thomas Hauser recalls, he labeled Joe a gorilla 
with all the ugly racial stereotyping that that involves. There are things that Ali said to Joe, I'm sure he forgot 10 minutes later, but they cut very deep. Joe responded at the time, I can't see any way I look like any old gorilla. We're supposed to be from the same ancestors. When a guy speak to another man like that, he's not quite sure of himself. Sunni Khalid of WYPR notes, We were all convinced that Joe had to be an Uncle Tom. Why? Because Ali said so. To you, um, what do you remember of about the, the, their third fight, the Thrill in Manila? To be honest with you, I thought one of them was going to die towards the end of the fight. They were so exhausted, and they had been plummeting each other. They're older now, but they could still hit, and and both fighters were dead on their feet. And I really thought if they, you know, one of them was going to die. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the fourteenth uh, into the fourteenth round. Uh, they both sat down. They both looked. I didn't think Ali was coming out. In fact, uh, when Eddie Futch stopped the fight, I don't, uh, I don't think he would have stopped it if he'd have turned around and looked at Ali's corner. Mm. Ali was head down. He was having trouble staying awake. But, uh, uh, you know, Joe Frazier, his eyes were closed. He couldn't hardly see. He was total exhaustion. And uh, Eddie Futch had seen people die in the ring. You know, he was probably one of the greatest, you know, boxing, uh, you know, uh, managers around. And uh, he didn't want Frazier to die. And he that's when he stopped the fight. That's what I remember most. At the end of that fight, they were just two warriors, like two gladiators, you know, in the, in the Coliseum, fighting to the death. And I really thought one of them is going to collapse. And so, but I, I wish they would have let it go to the 15th, not to see someone die. Right. But I think, being a Joe Frazier fan, I think if uh, Joe Frazier would have stood up, I think Ali's corner would have stopped. Ali was that far gone. In fact, once they stopped the fight, if you see films of it, Ali gets up, he throws his hands up, and then he falls onto the mat. He's, he's laying out, he's exhausted. Mm-hmm. Just total exhaustion. So I think if uh, Eddie Fletch would have looked over there first, he might have said, hey, I don't think he's coming out. Let's try this and stand up. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's all hindsight. But uh, it, was a, it was a great fight. It was just a brutal fight. And, you know, it was 110 degrees in, in Manila. And uh, it was like boxing in a sauna room. You know, I don't know how they went 15 rounds. Or, well, they didn't. They went 14. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like... But I don't know why one of them didn't die. Ali started the fight with a technique of sticking his left hand straight out at Joe Frazier's face. When Frazier would push Ali's hand out of the way, Ali would hammer him with the right hand. Joe Frazier's body punches landed with a thud that is audibly picked up by the ringside microphones. The first four rounds are regarded as a one-sided fight in favor of Ali, according to the TV announcer. In round five, after Frazier hits Ali with a left hook, for the first time of the night, the audience starts chanting, Frazier, Frazier. In round six, it begins with Joe landing more left hooks, which caused the crowd to collectively roar as they did for Ali earlier in the fight. A missed jab by Ali gives Frazier space for an uppercut that causes Ali's head to bob up. In round seven, 
It is Ali dancing and controlling the pace of the fight. Round eight is the ugliest round so far. It starts with Ali landing long combinations. Halfway through, it's Frazier pressing the fight, swinging at Ali against the ropes and trapping the champion in the corner. Once he's there, Frazier terrorizes Ali with shots to the body and thunderous left hooks to the head. When the round ends, many are left thinking, Frazier somehow won that round. One of the commentators said, this fight is even better than their first meeting. Right, um, and that's what I think. That's what I like about the Throne Manila, and why I think it. Well, at least for me personally, I regard it as Ali's greatest fight, um, because the action is pretty constant, and because I think Joe Frazier is punching his arms and just going through, and the rope a dope strategy not working because Joe keeps coming, keeps and coming. keeps coming at Ali, and they have all these. It, it comes into a set pattern, but it's such a vicious pattern through fourteen rounds that you don't mind that it's 14 rounds because it's just 14 fascinating rounds of two guys who hate each other, who are good at what they do, and they're just they're standing there toe-to-toe and just going at it. There's, there's a strategy there. There's two guys who've, who have a history with each other, mm-hmm. and it's, it is the most brutal form of chess between two guys who are great at what they do, and I find it to be... A compelling thing to watch, and Absolutely. and a resp- and an irresponsible thing to leave out. Yeah, and if you watch that thriller Manila, pay attention to the eighth round, where both fighters were so tired, it was a uh, they stood toe to toe. It was like target practice for both of them. It was uh, just the more, one of the most brutal rounds you'll ever see. They mm. both just traded punches back and forth, back. Not much dancing, not much movement. They're just, you hit me, I hit you. Joe Frazier would take three shots to get off one. Mm-hmm. And it was just boom, boom, boom by Ali, and then Frazier, boom, hit him in the jaw. And that eighth round uh, was the most brutal of the fight. Okay. Uh, as far as punches landed. I think at the end of the fight, I think Joe Frazier landed over 400 blows. I don't know what Ali did. Wow. Over 400 blows to Ali. And so it's a testament to Ali for taking it, but uh, he was a punching machine. <laughs> but look at the eighth round if you get a chance to see an old film. I'll have to do that. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Frazier continues to come forward. Frazier lands shots to Ali's body as he traps Ali in the corner. Once Joe stops for a second, Ali bursts a fury of combinations. Not just two or three but sometimes six punches at a time, in amazing speed. Many of Ali's punches landing on the head and face of Joe Frazier. This insane dance of brutality continues through 14 rounds. They spend time on the ropes, and suddenly Ali springs off, and they are trading punches in the middle of the ring. Frazier's face is swelling. His mouth is bleeding. At one point, Ali hits Frazier so hard, his mouth guard flies out with the force of of the blow. Joe shakes it off and keeps moving forward. Ali took terrible punishment, said retired Associated Press boxing writer Ed Schuyler Jr., 
who was ringside at the time. In the sixth round, he hit me with a hook that almost made it look like his head was on a swivel. Joe wouldn't stop. Ali said, They told me Joe Frazier was washed up, Ali said to Frazier at one point. Frazier growled back, They lied, throwing yet another left hook at a target he, Joe Frazier, could barely see. First fight, Joe Frazier spent over a month in the hospital, and Ali spent, I think, a week. But Frazier was in a little over a month recuperating in the hospital. Wow. Yeah. In fact, Ali used to tease him about it. I only spent seven days. You spent a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing that I, uh, in my research, found about the about the effects of the thrill in Manila. I read about, I think it was after the Rumble in the Jungle and, his, and Ali's fight with George Foreman. After that fight was over, not too much later, I mean, Ali was out, out and about in the street, you know, partying that night, just having a great time. And right after, you know, having a fight at 4 o'clock in the morning, yeah. Zaire yeah. time, <laughs> compared to his recovery after the thrill in Manila, if I, I think if I'm remembering this correctly, I think he did faint afterwards. He probably did. And yeah. he was, and it was, he, he'd said that he had, uh, it was the closest thing to dying. Yes. That he'd ever felt before. Yeah. If you can see the old films, look at, look at both of them in the corner in the 14th round. Mm-hmm. They, they just look like you know, death warmed over, both mm-hmm. of them. And a, and a world of difference, too, because I'm watching both fights. When you watch the Rumble in the Jungle afterwards, uh, the, the post-fight interviews... Mm-hmm. Ali is going off and going, I told you, I said I was going to do it. I did it. I'm the best. And after they're throwing Manila, they can't get a whole lot of words out of him. No. No. Both dug deep into somewhere they had never been before to put on one of the most memorable heavyweight title fights ever. Before they can ring the bell to start the final round, Joe Frazier's corner stopped the fight. Ali raises his hands briefly in victory and collapses in the arms of his cornerman. God knows what might have happened if they hadn't stopped the fight, Gene Kilroy, Ali's business manager, said. Muhammad Ali would, would later say that fight was the closest thing to death he had ever known. And, yeah, afterwards, Ali kept on fighting. Mm-hmm. And I, but I don't believe, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier fought much after the throw in Manila, if I'm remembering I think correctly. he had a couple of fights, but I don't think he ever, you know, uh, continued on very long, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. And even after, I mean, after they were retired, both guys, but from what I've observed, especially Joe Frazier, still hated him. Yeah, they really did. Now, they had a couple of publicity things. They brought them together, but it was kind of like bringing uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis together. They'll always hate each other, but for, I don't know, a charity event or something, they'll show up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they they always, right to the end, I think they hated each other. Right, like because even, uh, even with the, um, like the pre-fight stuff they would do, like the weigh-ins, or like they would go on, I don't know, like Dick Cavett or somebody's show, and Ali would mess with Joe... And Ali would would be doing it to promote the fight, maybe, but yep. Joe wouldn't necessarily know that, would he? Or he would take it the wrong way. 
Well, there was, uh, they were on um, a talk show with uh, Howard it? Cosell. Okay. And uh, before the show started, this is what I read anyway, Ali was talking to Frazier and he said, look, we've got to hype this fight. You know, I think it was before their second fight. And so I'm going to be prodding you and, and joking with you and insulting you. And you do the back with me. And, and Frazier, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, when the show started and they started doing that, evidently Frazier didn't remember that it was a plan to, to banter back and forth, to, you know, to hype the fight. He took it seriously, stands up, and he's going to jump on Ali, and Ali's brother shows up. Because he was in the you know in the wings, he come up there, and then Frazier threatens Ali's brother. Then Ali stands up, and they get in a big wrestling match. Oh, and then Ali says, "What are you doing, you stupid dummy?" <laughs> you know, because we had this planned. You know, right. but Frazier, he just hated him so much. He he couldn't take it as uh, a script. He took it personal. Right. So that was kind of funny. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, uh, Howard Cosell, he he headed for the hills as soon as it started. <laughs> Smart move. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I think that's all I want to talk about with the with Manila. If there's anything else you want to talk about with throwing Manila? No, I think at the end of that fight, though, both fighters were never the same. Right. Physically, mentally, uh, you know, they they both had three spectacular matches that their brains just got scrambled, and I mean, their body got beat up, and their I don't think either one of them was ever the same again. You know. Right. Uh, it, it took its toll. Right. Uh, well, I think I think that about wraps it up. Unless there's anything else you would like to add. No, just that those three fights and and that rivalry, I really think was the biggest rivalry in boxing. And two of those three fights, are, if not the best, the least the most memorable uh, heavyweight fights. You know, uh, it, they're just incredible. You watch the replays of that, and then watch the fighters today. You know, I don't even know who's got the title today. Uh, Danny uh, Ruiz or something. I don't know. Now yeah. they have three different divisions. Right. And not, you, now it's not like who's the heavyweight champ in the world. Well, what division? Now is it regular heavyweight or super heavyweight? <laughs> you know, I mean, they've just uh, they've messed up the boxing. It, you know, uh, it was like... Uh, there's only one heavyweight boxing champ, not mm-hmm. not two or three. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we got that going on. Um, Somebody I, just rang the bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the round's over. Yeah, we got the clock in the background there. <laughs> um, you make a good point because that is the other thing that I think adds to the, or either gives credit to the Ali Frazier rivalry or just comments on the time, if it was so big and everybody knew about it. It's not exactly, you're exactly right. I, I was a big boxing fan and a fan during, you know, what one would call the modern era. And I'm not sure who the heavyweight champ of the world is because I just don't care anymore. Yeah, the, okay. There isn't the, the most of the interesting personalities and biggest names are actually in the lower weight divisions like um, Manny Pacquiao yeah. and Floyd Mayweather are probably the most interesting uh, personalities and fighters in boxing today. And they're well under 200 pounds. Yeah, and I think they're both in their 60s, aren't they? (laughs) Pacquiao! They've been around forever. Pacquiao is is pretty old, and uh, 
I think Floyd. I think I think Floyd finally packed it in. I'm not sure, but it, he's he's definitely older than he than he was. Uh, but yeah, well, Dad, I want to say thank you very much for being on the show, and I look forward to having you back on for uh, other uh, topics as well. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you very much. For my final thoughts, we consider both Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. One man considered the winner, and the other man considered the loser of the rivalry. Ali considered a winner, but also considered a sympathetic figure as his boxing career extending past the thrill on Manila and fights like that caused him to eventually be diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, making it very difficult for him to uh, communicate as he most famously did. In a 60 Minutes interview, Muhammad Ali didn't want people to feel sorry for him, he said, about his considering his difficulty speaking. Joe Frazier, I believe, is also should be an object of sympathy as well, though not dealing with the same physical ailments of Parkinson's disease. He dealt with his own bitterness for just as long. Forbes magazine says Muhammad Ali was the greatest heavyweight during his period. He earned an estimated $60 million dollars and changed the economics of the sport forever. But according to Forbes, but without Smoke and Joe being the great man he was, none of that ever would have happened. Prior to his death, Ali's net worth was estimated at $80 million. Joe Frazier died poor. When Frazier died, he was still bitter about the way Ali treated him which partly is Ali's fault for the words that he said, but is also Joe Frazier's fault for not letting it go. After the fight, fight career was over, the person Frazier was really shadowboxing was himself. He never let go of the bitterness of his rivalry with Muhammad Ali in the words that he said, and that caused him to suffer for a very long time. Ali, who we stated before, suffering from Parkinson's syndrome, from taking too many punches, attended Joe Frazier's funeral. They unveiled the statue of Frazier in Philadelphia, and Gene Kilroy went to the ceremony. Him and Marvis Frazier, the son of Joe Frazier, went to Frazier's grave and laid a wreath inscribed with a message from Muhammad Ali. It said, To Joe Frazier, from Muhammad Ali. Rest in peace, Joe, until we meet again. Next time, we're not going to fight. We're just going to hug each other. My sources for the past two episodes have been Joe Frazier was better than Muhammad Ali in and out of the boxing ring. 
an entry by CoolKing83 on a blog titled Offhanded Dribble. From Forbes magazine, an article entitled Muhammad Ali's Success Would Have Been Impossible Without Joe Frazier by Mike Ozanian. From the Chicago Tribune, an article by Corey Franklin titled Who Was the Real Villain in the Ali-Frazier Rivalry? From The Guardian, an article written by Kevin Mitchell, The Thriller in Manila, 40 Years On from Sanctioned Manslaughter in Boxing. From the South China Morning Post, The Closest Thing to Death, How Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier Nearly Killed Each Other Over 40 Years Ago Today in Thrilla in Manila. Muhammad Ali, an article from the Daily News, entitled, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier Met in the Madison Square Garden Boxing Ring for an Epic Battle. The Daily News. And of course, my original inspiration for doing this podcast series, the HBO series, What's My Name, Parts 1 and 2. I recommend it very much. Here at the end of this series, I'd like to once again thank my dad, Mike Logan, for joining us uh, and helping me tell this story. And I also want to thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Sam Logan. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it.